Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Marcy, Skylight, Gray, Cliff, and Redfield done. Now the long walk back to the lodge. 3.55 a.m., just signed in, Santanoni range, let's go. The wind is whipping here in the Seward range today. Just finished the Macomb slide and my legs are on fire. Well, I fell victim to the floating logs again. Made it to the top of East Dix, peak number three of five for today here in the Dix range. Avalanche Pass. On top of Rocky Peak Ridge, it's like a hurricane up here. Rain and wind here on tabletop. Whiteface number six. Muddy day here on Street and Nye for number seven and eight. Sunny and blue on Haystack. Algonquin up in the clouds number 18. Gothics number 22. Panther number 38. Allen number 45. 7.12 a.m. Big slide Adirondack 46er. You're listening to the 46 of 46 podcast. January 29th, 2020. After yet again a few days of snowfall, the weather was clearing up for the next couple days and I figured it was as good a time as any to get out on the trail. When it comes to winter hiking, I prefer bluebird days in the high peaks or snowstorms on smaller mountains that I frequently hike. I'm not really interested in being deep in the backcountry when it comes to the real deal storms, hence my staying on smaller familiar little peaks during those times. But it was going to be another bluebird day, so getting out on the trail was a must. I was hiking again with some familiar faces, Jonathan Zaharik and Kira Schaefer, and last week we enjoyed a nice sunset hike on Phelps. Today, however, was going to be quite different from that hike. The agenda for this week's winter adventure was to be standing on top of the tallest mountain in New York State to catch the sunrise. Needless to say, it would require a little bit earlier than usual start time. Our plan to catch the sunrise on top of Mount Marcy would have us starting at 2.30 a.m. from the Adirondack Lodge. We'd be taking the Van Hovenberg Trail up Marcy to enjoy the sunrise first, and then continue over the backside of Marcy down to the Four Corners where we'd hike up Skylight next, followed by Gray Peak. Then down to Lake Colden and back out via the Lake Arnold Trail to Marcy Dam, and eventually out to the lodge. Marcy, Skylight, and Gray are the tallest, fourth tallest, and seventh tallest peaks in the Adirondacks, with Marcy being the highest point in the state of New York. Today's 19-mile trek with over 5,000 feet of elevation gain would begin with a seven-mile hike up Mount Marcy as we chase the sunrise. So time was of the essence. After getting maybe 60 minutes of quality sleep, my alarm clock went off at 1.30 a.m., and I shot up out of bed, I ate a bagel, and I was out the door. Wake up early for work? Pure torture. Wake up early to go hiking? Piece of cake. No problem. I pulled into Lot 1 of the Adirondack Lodge at 2.20 a.m. to a crowded parking lot filled with dozens and dozens of hikers getting ready to start their own winter adventures. Just kidding. There was absolutely nobody there at this hour. It was quiet as can be. It is 2.24. I'm here at the parking lot at the Adirondack Lodge. 
Not many cars here at 2.24 a.m. Pretty dark out. Planning to hike Marcy's Skylight in Gray today with Jonathan Zaharik and Kira. A couple of people I hiked Big Slide with recently. We're supposed to start at 2.30. Hopefully they, uh, they get here any moment now. Should be a good day. The weather's going to be nice and clear eventually. Trying to get up to Marcy for sunrise. Pretty dark here right now. Pretty quiet. A few minutes later, Kira pulled in and shortly after, Jonathan arrived. We all said our hellos. Kira and I busted on John for being late again. And we signed in at 2.45 a.m. It was a pleasant 18 degrees to start the day. Time to hit the trail. Today I was wearing my usual winter hiking uniform. Techwick base layers, top and bottom, EMS Techwick t-shirt, water-resistant North Face pants, gaiters, hat and gloves. The trail once again was plenty packed down, so we all started with micro spikes on our feet as we made our way to Marcy Dam for the millionth time. Past the first wooden bridge, up, down, over, around, across a wooden bridge here, over a plank bridge there, cruising through the woods during the witching hour as the woods around us was dark, quiet, and eerily still. Just after 3.30, we're here at Marcy Dam, nice and quiet, nice and dark. Definitely the only people here. Water's flowing. Temperature's really nice too as well today. It's about 18 degrees, so it's quite comfortable to be hiking in Marcy Dam at this hour. Fantastic. We made it to Marcy Dam and crossed over the frozen snow-covered river, coming out directly in front of the Marcy Dam Trail Registry, saving a couple minutes this way. Having hiked a good portion of the same trail just a week prior, as well as a couple months ago, I was quite familiar with it. We were over the dam and heading up the broken out Van Hovenberg Trail towards the Phelps Trail Junction, which in my mind is the second checkpoint of the day, with the first being Marcy Dam. Like last week, we opted for the low water crossing again today, which was frozen enough and we carried on up the trail via the light from our three headlamps. Of course, Jonathan's headlamp was more like a stadium spotlight lighting up half the mountain. So that was actually quite nice. We quickly made it along the Phelps Brook to the Phelps Trail Split. We said our hello to that majestic peak, contemplated for a few seconds. You know, maybe we should also hike Phelps again. I mean, it's only a mile up and we're right here right now. It's pretty early. We didn't, of course, but it's hard not to consider any time you're at the trail split for a mountain and it's only a mile or less. John threw his snowshoes on here at the Phelps Trail Junction and Kira and I opted to remain in spikes for a little while longer. But turns out a while longer would only be maybe a quarter of a mile as the snow started getting fluffier sooner than anticipated and it was time for the snowshoes. I recently bought a new pair of snowshoes and today was the first time I was getting to use them out on the trail. On the recommendation of my buddy Eli Carlton, I picked up a pair of the Tubbs VRT Flex snowshoes and they were a total game changer. Specifically because they have a heel lift as my old Tubbs snowshoes that I've had for years didn't have one. So I'm quite happy with them if you're in the market for snowshoes. They're the Tubbs VRT Flex snowshoes. So we shoot up and carried on hiking up the trail, soon making our way to the tabletop trail split. Only 0.7 miles to that summit. Maybe we should just quickly go up this one. It's even shorter than Phelps. But once again, no. On towards Marcy. From this trail split, it's basically another three miles to the summit and 1,700 feet of elevation to gain. So there's still a lot of work to be done. Just up the trail from Tabletop, maybe 0.1 or 0.2 miles is Indian Falls, which tonight was covered in nice fresh snow. 
We didn't stop and we just kept climbing. Throughout the hike, we were taking turns leading. We weren't breaking trails so much on the climb up Marcy, but that's just how it went, taking turns. And that would be a theme throughout the day. People often say, oh Marcy, yeah, it's an easy hike. It's long, but it's a very gradual climb, so it's super easy. That statement, while potentially and objectively true, it's still a long hike with plenty of miles and plenty of work to be done. With the gradual nature, however, we found ourselves constantly pulling the heel lift on our shoes up and down, up and down. Because yes, there are climbs, and then there's flatter, easier stretches, and then climbing, and then gradual. So with my new snowshoes, I got pretty quick with pulling the heel lift up and down in the blink of an eye, so that was fun. We stopped on occasion and fueled up with a snack and a swig wherever we needed. We're making our way up the Van Hovenberg Trail towards the summit of Marcy, nice and dark. Trail's pretty broken out nicely. There's a little bit of fresh snow on top, but we're taking turns leading and breaking out the rest of the trail. But for the most part, it's pretty much broken out, which is great. We've passed the Phelps Trail Split, the Tabletop Trail Split, past Indian Falls, continuing up the trail, trying to get to the summit by sunrise so we don't miss out on that spectacular, spectacular show that the Adirondacks will put on tonight. We're almost at the trail split to go over to Haystack. So we're, we're making some good progress right now. Onward, chasing the sunrise. We were making okay time, right on schedule to be at the summit in time for sunrise. Passing the trail split over to Haystack, which had not been traveled for a while and wasn't broken out. Past the various plateaus, and then we came out to the edge of the tree line at the Alpine Zone sign. And in the blink of an eye, we could hear and feel the wind that was awaiting us just a mere footsteps away from the tree cover we've experienced the whole hike thus far. At this point, we stopped and layered up for the final push to the summit. I added a mid-layer and then some wind protection, opting to save my puffy coat for the summit for that extra layer at the top, even though it was plenty cold. So we started the final push, and upon turning around, we could see the bright amber glow rising from behind the Dix Range. The sun was on its way. Once leaving the tree line and climbing the last section of the trail to Marcy, it felt like we were in another world. The tiny snow-covered trees, the hard rime ice covering the ground everywhere along with the crunchy hard snow. The way the light was starting to shine, but still dark in the valleys along the ridge was very pleasing. It definitely felt like we were on another planet altogether. We're making our way up towards the top of Marcy right now. We are above the trees. The wind is whipping. It's absolutely incredible. We're above the clouds. The sun is coming up. Fantastic. We followed the one set of tracks from yesterday, which we saw in the sign-in register that one person went up Marcy the previous day and we followed their tracks up and over the rocks towards the summit, passing the snow-covered cairns that just looked like giant snow blobs, crunching our way up as the 20 to 30 mile per hour winds ripped past us. The clear sky behind us was filled with the mountain silhouette with the orange, red, and yellow glow lighting up the sky from behind. It really was an unbelievable experience being up here, on this mountain in particular, in the winter, on a clear day as the sun is rising easily one of the greatest moments of my hiking career thus far. The three of us carried on towards the summit, fighting against the wind, and soon we saw the summit plaque in the rock about 30 yards ahead of us. We made it. The official sunrise was scheduled to be 7.16 a.m., and we made it to the summit just after 7 o'clock, 
an unbelievable view that even looking at it with your own eyes, it doesn't feel real. Then 16 minutes later, as the three of us stood at the summit, Nalgene's in hand, taking it all in, the sun showed itself, rising directly behind the Dix Range and Huff in particular, and then within seconds, it went from being behind the mountains to being fully visible, rising up into the sky. Watching the sunrise on a clear winter day, standing on top of Mount Marcy, is a moment most people, even most Adirondack hikers, will never experience. And I feel extremely fortunate that I had the opportunity to stand here on this summit and watch the sun reveal itself before my very eyes. The sun was up, the three of us were the only people standing on top of Mount Marcy in New York State, the highest point in the state, 5,344 feet up in the cold, windy, clear Adirondack sky. So we made it to the top of Marcy just before the sun rose, which was pretty spectacular watching the sun rise. Nice and cold up here. We're above the clouds. Yeah, pretty spectacular. We were there. On top of the fact that we made it for sunrise and it was a clear day as we looked to the east and watched the orange sun rising, what was happening to the west of us was arguably just as amazing. The mountains to the west, the McIntyre Range, Colden, Whiteface, and many more were experiencing an incredible cloud inversion. So here we are also standing above the clouds. The summit of Whiteface was poking through the clouds in the distance in an unbelievable way. So we're here on Marcy with the sun rising over the Dix Range to the east, with the sky completely clear over here, and then to the west was a cloud inversion as fluffy clouds engulfed the bottom half of the high peaks. Oh, and then there's that golden shine on all the rime ice and snow around us. Man, what a time to be alive. By the time we got to the summit, I was more than ready to eat something of substance. So I enjoyed one of my three sandwiches. Because as I always say, one sandwich per peak. Three peaks? Oh, I'll bring three sandwiches today. It was a turkey sandwich. I also enjoyed a bag of peanut butter M&Ms and a Snickers bar and a bunch of noon water. Wonderful. Well, it would have been wonderful if I wasn't eating this food in the middle of 25 mile an hour winds and single digit temperatures, but it could have been much worse. At least there were no bugs. The sun was shining very pleasantly over on Mount Skylight, our next stop. So we decided to continue on with our morning after spending a good 30 minutes on Marcy taking it all in. Kira and I were a little bit concerned that going down the backside of Marcy was going to be quite icy, but it really wasn't at all. There was once again a single set of snowshoe tracks that we followed as we went from cairn to cairn, down this crunchy but somewhat powdery trail. It was fast and easy down today as we descended about 600 feet elevation in just under half a mile on our way to Schofield Cobble, which is a little mountain between Marcy and Skylight. And then once over Schofield Cobble, we were back in the woods and away from the wind on this narrow powdery trail in the trees. Making our way down the backside of Marcy right now, on our way over to Skylight, which is right in front of us. Lots of nice deep powdery snow right now as we continue down Marcy. The first half of getting off Marcy as we made our way to the Schofield Cobble was pretty quick, which was nice. Nice and easy actually. And uh, to give you an idea right now how deep the snow is here, once we're back here, back in the tree line, the now entering the alpine zone sign was 
barely visible at our ankles. But uh, nice and clear, blue sky, no clouds anywhere in the sky. I'm looking at a Boreas Pond right now in the valley over there. Panther Gorge over here on my left. Skylight directly in front of me. It's shaping up to be a perfect day out here. The trail markers on the trees here were waist level or lower, and they're usually around eye level. I'm six feet tall, so this means the trail was about three feet higher than usual with the snow. And this 0.4 miles was fast, smooth, and soft. So we cruised on down, and in no time, we all came out to the Four Corners. The Four Corners is where the Marcy Trail, Skylight Trail, and Elk Lake Trail from Panther Gorge all meet up in a little coal. I'm in a coal! It's a cool spot, and it has a nice wooden sign. So we went directly across the coal and started making our way the 0.5 miles from the Four Corners to the top of Skylight. Skylight is actually the second most remote peak in the High Peaks, second to Allen Mountain, which from the top of Skylight looks like it's really close together because they kind of sit next to each other. A lot of people list Skylight as their favorite peak and they don't really think of it as being remote, but technically there's only one trail up this mountain and the approach requires walking all the way from either the lodge or the upper works, the six plus miles just to the Marcy Trail and then up to the Four Corners and then up to Skylight. But since this mountain is typically always paired as a Marcy Skylight Gray hike, it kind of blends in unnoticed. You know, it gets all the praise without any of the pain. It's kind of like a tag along mountain. It's still a great mountain, of course. And you know, summit wise, it's much more enjoyable than Allen. Though I think Allen is an entirely underrated high peak in general. The hike is great, but that's for another day. We followed the one set of snowshoe tracks from yesterday up this narrow trail towards Skylight. We again took turns leading. We weren't technically breaking trail, but from a physical standpoint, we might as well have been. It's not long into this 0.5 miles that you'll come out above the tree line and finish the hike above the trees. It's a similar summit and final approach as you get on Marcy, Algonquin, and Haystack in particular. Notice I just named the three highest peaks in the Adirondacks and Skylight is number four. So I'm seeing a little bit of a trend here. But once we came out of the tree line, we again followed a few cairns and we were at the top around 9.15 a.m. Looking at Marcy towering above to our left as we each inevitably say to ourselves, man, we just came from there. Cool. In front of us to the south stood Allen Mountain, the max to the right looking west, and then our final destination of the day, Gray Peak, directly behind us to the north. Mount Skylight, our second of three mountains on the day and the fourth tallest peak in the Adirondacks, standing 4,926 feet. Here we are on top of Skylight. Man, the wind is blowing harder than it was on Marcy. Nice and clear sky, super awesome, super windy. Looks like a different world up here. Everything completely, completely covered in snow. Awesome. Pure ADK is an online community and lifestyle brand that creates Adirondack-inspired apparel and goods. They're all about sharing their adventures and creating quality products that are a reflection of the outdoor lifestyle and activities we love in the Adirondack Mountains. Whether born and raised an Adirondack native or a frequent vacationer, we all have a common bond. Those feelings and memories that the Adirondacks evoke in us. As a bonus for listeners of the podcast, they're providing a 15% off discount. When shopping in their online store, use the promo code 46PODCAST to redeem the offer. PureAdirondacks.com. Check it out. 46PODCAST. Pure ADK.
Exploration Unbound. The wind, however, was once again howling like no other. In fact, it was worse than it was on Marcy. I didn't even take my backpack off this time because it helped to block some of the wind if I stood into it. I stood there admiring the rime ice covering the entire summit, making it look like frozen feathers everywhere, and making the small trees and rocks look like a sea of hundreds of one to three feet tall snowmen all over the place. An army of tiny snowmen people on top of skylight. If you're not familiar, rime is a white ice that forms when the water in the air and the fog freezes to things such as rocks or trees, typically on top of mountains. It's actually quite beautiful. And as I said, it looks like frozen white feathers everywhere. So more or less, rime ice is actually just frozen clouds sticking to the mountaintops. So that's cool. We stayed up here for about 20 minutes before deciding to head back down to the Four Corners where we're going to eat our lunch today. And we made it the 0.5 miles from the summit back to the Four Corners in a mere 12 minutes. Just cruised down, pretty much skied down on our snowshoes. A nice quick hike. And once again, that, my friends, is why people love Skylight so much. I mean, yeah, it has a great summit. We know that. We get that. But the amount of time most people are thinking about, quote, hiking Skylight is only really that mere 0.5 mile out and back. So in their mind, it doesn't really feel like much. That's my theory anyways. It's a tag-along mountain. It's still great, of course. Don't get me wrong. But it's kind of like Marcy's little brother who just tags along with the older kids and his brother's friends. And then when big brother Marcy gets in trouble for sneaking into the movies, mom's only mad at big brother Marcy and lets little brother Skylight off the hook because he's, he's young, he's little, he didn't know better. And then she only yells at Marcy because Marcy should have known better. That, my friends, is Skylight. And that is why people love it so much. It's also an incredibly easy climb during that 0.5 miles. So it's pretty much all glory on this mountain. Once we made it back to the Four Corners, it was time for a nice lunch break. And I don't know why I was psyched to be eating lunch here. If you've hiked in the High Peaks, you've likely been here or will be at some point. And for some reason, it was just very satisfying hanging out just the three of us in this particular place, the Four Corners. While we were eating, we really took a good look and noticed the trail to Panther Gorge had a solid four feet of snow on it. Nobody's been on that trail for a long time. Definitely not broken out in the slightest. So if you want that challenge, have at it. We finished up our lunch and began the 0.3 mile trek down the Marcy Trail towards Lake Tier of the Clouds and Gray's Herd Path. I'd like to throw a shout out to whoever broke out this trail the day before we did. Much appreciated. We followed your snowshoe tracks for a good portion of the day today. And as we made our way down this delightful little fluffy woods trail, there was a small ditch to step over at one point. So I stepped over first without even thinking, just walked over it, no issue. And then as Jonathan stepped over, stepping just a mere inches to the side from where I did, he sunk a good three feet into the snow. It was a hole, deceivingly covered in snow, which was swallowing him whole. And that's why we wear gaiters, everyone. Jonathan is currently stuck in about a uh, maybe two and a half to three foot hole that he is uh, stepped in that was covered from the snow that basically ate him alive. But uh, he appears to be making his way out of it, covered in what appears to be a frozen mud. So that's cool. Now Kira's going to jump across. 
Once Jonathan crawled out of that hole, we kept walking down the marshy trail and soon followed these snowshoe tracks right out onto Lake Tier of the Clouds, the start of the mighty Hudson River, which was super cool. Walking on the lake, saving time from going in the woods, and then being in that open area with a visual perspective of Marcy above that you really can't get in the summertime, unless you're in the water, of course. But after walking on the frozen lake, we came out to the gray herd path usually marked by a small cairn, but having just been here within the last few months, I remembered where it was pretty well. And like Skylight, from this junction, it's also just 0.5 miles to the summit. So without further ado, we just shot right up the mountain. We all felt Gray was going to be the hardest part of the day, and we were concerned we may have some trouble getting up this one. I don't have any ice crampons, but I was going up until I couldn't, and if some of the climbs ended up being too difficult, I'd turn around at that point. But as it would turn out, the trail up gray was terrific and just covered in fluffy, fluffy snow. Towards the beginning of the trail after the initial climb, there's a small ledge to climb down, which Jonathan told me to not be a wuss and just butt slide down it. Just go down it, slide down it, go. Don't be a wimp, he says, which was something people hadn't done and the tracks went around the ledge and the snow on the ledge was untouched. So after I chickened out, Kira stepped up like a champion and fearlessly slid right down and made it look easy. No problem. And then Jonathan slid down, but then I went around the ledge. I wasn't as brave today. After this point, the trail was super soft, so some of the steeper climbs were physically quite difficult and quite annoying, actually. Every step I'd take would require three tries because the snow kept giving out with every step, making it completely exhausting. But this was the story pretty much all the way up for me. There was something quite different about climbing grade today, though, compared to the other two peaks there was absolutely no wind here at all. And the temperatures were probably 20 degrees warmer. So it was quite warm now, maybe even 30 degrees and no wind, just fantastic. Also this peak on this day was actually easier to climb in the winter than it was in the summer, as is often the case on some mountains on some days. Kira made it to the summit first and shortly after Jonathan and I met up with her at the brown wooden sign with yellow lettering reading gray peak at 1125, 4,840 feet elevation, standing on the eighth tallest mountain in the Adirondacks. It is 1133. We made it to the top of Gray Peak, the final peak for the day. I'm standing next to the sign here on the summit. The sign is about waist height right now with the snow. Normally it's around eye level, so a good few feet of snow here at the, here at the summit. No wind up here, thankfully. The other two mountains were pretty windy, but uh, yeah, nice winter wonderland again up here. All these trees just caked with powder and so much powder. Fantastic day here on Marcy Skylight in Gray. Now we have the nice long trek back to the Adirondack Lodge. However, there are two other mountains that are close by from here. Gray had the perfect temperatures and the perfect vibe today. Clear sky, warm, sunny, and it was before noon. My goal is always to summit all of the peaks of the day before noon, and once again, we accomplished that goal. Of course, we still had a good eight miles back to the lodge, but we're on top of Gray right now, so we don't, we don't, we don't think about that right now. We'll save that evil for later. Speaking of later, the first time I hiked Marcy Skylight in Gray, I spontaneously decided while standing on Marcy, which was the final peak of the day that day, to go back down and add Cliff and Redfield to the day. 
so to say the thought of doing that again didn't cross my mind would be a lie. As I stood up on top of Gray, looking at the beautiful sunny sky around me, I looked at my watch. Hmm, not even noon yet. And about the same time of day as it was last time, and I'm even closer to them now because I'm on Gray as opposed to Marcy. So I thought about it some more, knowing Jonathan also mentioned the idea of it. But thank God I came to my senses quickly and said, no way. Jonathan, Cliff and Redfield now? Uh, yeah. Can we hit Marshall too? All right, we're going to add Cliff and Redfield now since I did it last time and why the hell not? Just kidding. I am absolutely not going to do Cliff and Redfield again. But maybe when we get down to Lake Colden, I'll decide. After another 20 or 25 minutes, we started our fast ascent down this peak which involved a large amount of powdery butt sliding and skiing on our snowshoes. Nice and fast and without issue once again. And before we knew it, we saw the lake tier of the clouds and we were back to the Marcy Trail. The 0.5 miles off of Gray was complete. Now time to descend exactly a thousand feet over 1.1 miles down to Lake Colden. We'd been out hiking at this point for over nine hours already and we still had over seven miles still to go to get back to the car. So this was the point in the day where it was quiet. The three of us were just walking, no conversations, all of us lost in thought in our own heads for a good 10 minutes as we cruised down the soft, fluffy trail towards Colden. And this was another trail that was so much faster in the winter today than it is in the summer, not having to deal with all the rocks, roots, and boulders on this trail. We made it down to the Feldspar Lean-To and Feldspar Brook, marking the junction with the Lake Arnold Trail, over six miles back to the lodge. But to the left, only half a mile was the start of Cliff and Redfield. So I thought about it again. Maybe? We're here. Let's just do it. Why not? But then again, I came to my senses, fortunately said no. Thank God. My feet thanked me. It was at this point, however, where the one set of snowshoe tracks that we had been following today went left instead of right. So they went left towards Cliff and Redfield and then around to the other side of Lake Colden. And then the Lake Arnold Trail, which to the right, completely covered in snow and not broken out. <sighs> well, at this point in the day and with six miles still to go, needless to say, we were not thrilled that we were now about to break trail for the foreseeable future. So here we go, breaking trail through probably 10 to 12 inches of snow. So not too bad, but also not nothing as well. And as we started making our way along the Lake Arnold Trail, I knew what was coming. And then after about five minutes, we were there. We were at the Floating Logs. Once my mortal enemy, my arch nemesis, a place I swore I'd never return. But here I am. Thankfully, this entire area was frozen and covered in snow. So for the most part, if I wouldn't have known better, I'd have thought it was just a big open field. So fortunately, crossing this stretch of trail today was easy peasy. All right, here we go. Walking over the floating logs, which are completely covered in snow. And so far, it just seems like a giant snowy trail covered in fluffy powder. As Jonathan leads, I'm in the middle and Kira is directly behind me. None of us are wet so far, so that's a plus. Yeah, we're almost to the end though. A lot easier during the middle of winter than it is after a nice rainy week in the middle of the summer. Especially when the logs are literally 
floating and not attached to anything like the first time I came down here. And we're over. A successful outing over the floating logs, people. I get a lot of messages from people asking about the floating logs due to my distaste for it, as mentioned in the first Marcy Skylight Gray episode. We continued walking along the trail adjacent to the frozen stream on our left, taking turns and leading and switching it up throughout the hike. This is actually a trail that I really enjoy scenery-wise. Great views of Redfield above on the left, so that always makes it a little bit easier when you're out here all the way back from the lodge. As we continued walking, we came to the base of Mount Colden on our left and we checked out the southeast slide, which is one of the seven different ways up Mount Colden. And not all are actual trails, mind you, just, you know, semi-popular ways some people have tackled that mountain in the past. I wouldn't even call them popular, just ways people have gone up them. Shortly after this, we started the almost 400 feet of elevation gain, which takes about a mile or so as we make our way up to Lake Arnold and the Colden Trail Split. At this point in the day, I was definitely ready to be back in my car. But the only way there is one foot in front of the other, so we had to keep walking. I couldn't just stop and decide to live here on the Lake Arnold Trail. People wouldn't like that. They wouldn't like me becoming the hermit of Lake Arnold. Throughout this whole mile, the trail, which we were breaking still, had all these tracks in them that looked like small child's feet, but they were directly in a straight line as opposed to side by side, you know, like a human walks. In fact, the tracks were in a pinpoint straight line. And since they were like a baby's feet, I kept letting John and Kira know, the baby tracks are back. Where are they coming from? They were quite unique. And they kept coming on the trail for a while and then they'd break off back into the woods. Then they'd show up again for another 100 yards or so and then break off again. Very strange. Who knows? We finally made it to the Colden Trail Split at Lake Arnold, where we walked over to Lake Arnold to enjoy the scenery for a few minutes. It is just after 2.20. We made it to the Colden Trail Trail Split. So we are cruising along here, back towards Marcy Dam. And we have been breaking trail ever since we got on this trail, once we got off of the Marcy Trail. So it's been quite exhausting, but the trail's broken out now. However, there are seemingly fresh tracks here from this point on, so that's good. So hopefully we'll make some better time moving forward. Thankfully at this point, having known from the sign and register, a number of people hiked Colden yesterday via this trail, so we no longer had to break trail. So onward and downward we went, dropping a thousand feet of elevation throughout this mile and a half until we meet up with the Avalanche Pass Trail, down a very straight and consistent grade trail. This was smooth and fast as well because of the snow, thankfully. Whereas in the summer, you're just hopping from boulder to boulder for the mile and a half. This was much faster and smoother in my opinion. And it was during this stretch where we all had the realization that we had seen exactly zero other hikers today. Zero. Anywhere. And I've never done a high peak and not run into a single other person on the day. So could today be the day? Could I have a perfect zero today? A perfect hike? I hope so. Soon we came out to the Avalanche Pass Junction, putting us one mile from Marcy Dam as we walked over the wooden bridge that I remember fondly from past hikes on this trail, including my very first time hiking Marcy Skylight Gray and Cliff and Redfield. 
And after being solo for almost 17 hours at that point and running into a camper staying at the lean-to, hanging out on the bridge, I was so excited to talk to him. And he was so kind to indulge me in conversation. Because, man, that was a long day alone in my thoughts with no one to talk to. But we kept crunching our way down the very hard-packed trail. No need for snowshoes at this point anymore. But, you know, no strength to stop and take them off. And then put them in your pack. It's just too, it's too much work. Too much work. So we just kept walking. Completing the mile to Marcy Dam. Putting us now a mere 2.3 miles from the car. So here we are back on the Van Hovenberg Trail where we started the day. Walking a wee bit slower than we were this morning at 2.45 a.m. A little less energy than we had at that point. That's for sure. At least I was anyways. At the end of the day, the Marcy Dam checkpoint in my head has three sections. The dam, the Algonquin Trail split marking one mile back to the lodge, and then the big wooden bridge about maybe 0.1 miles from the lodge. Those are the three checkpoints in my head. And we had still not seen another hiker yet. We were gonna do it, a perfect hike. We were going to make it out seeing zero hikers on this massive day here in the backcountry. I know it, I can feel it. And then we approached and made it to the Algonquin Trail Split. Checkpoint number two. One more checkpoint to go. So Jonathan and I stopped and waited for maybe 30 seconds for Kira to catch up. And then down the Algonquin Trail came a French-Canadian couple hiking out for the day. You have got to be kidding me. So there we were standing at the Algonquin Trail Split. One mile away from being back at the car. And then out of the Algonquin Trail comes two hikers, ruining my chances for a perfect hike today. Not that I don't like seeing other hikers on the trail. I just thought it'd be fun to have a day where we saw zero people, especially up on Marcy. But we didn't get that perfect zero today. I had to fight them, unfortunately, due to their transgressions, but they'll get over it. And I'll get over it. Probably. Maybe. But we're almost back at the car. Coming up on hour 14. Been a long day. This nice French-Canadian couple were smiling. And they were super nice. And they had a nice day on the trail. And they said hello. But man, all I could think in my head was that they are my enemy right now. And I have no choice but to fight them. I have to fight you right now. Because here we are on our final mile of the day, zero hikers seen, and they ruined it for me. They didn't do anything wrong, but I don't care. They ruined it. So I am going to fight them. So I fought them. No, I didn't. I said hello. Have a nice night. I don't really hate them as people. I just hate the idea of them right now. And I hate their life choices that they made today. Those are the things that I hate and what they took away from me. But no, I don't blame them. I blame Jonathan for being five minutes late this morning because if we had that five minutes back, we wouldn't have met them at the Algonquin Trail Split at the exact same time. <sighs> oh well, what could have been? I guess I'll have to keep hiking, keep seeking out that zero hiker high peaks day for a perfect hike. So we finished out the one mile to the lodge hitting the final checkpoint as we crossed over the wooden bridge and soon came out to our car. We made it back, exactly 14 hours after we started. 
The sunrise on Marcy at this point felt like it was days ago, and starting to hike at 2.45 a.m. felt like it was weeks ago. But our 19-mile, 5,000 feet of gain, 14-hour day couldn't have gone any better. Well, not seeing those two hikers on the final mile would have made it perfect, but regardless, it was a pretty good day in the mountains. Well, another successful day on the trail, sunrising Mount Marcy, in the winter no less, a bucket list item that should be on every Adirondack hiker's to-do list sometime in their life. You won't regret it. Along with a very nice windy morning on Skylight, walking on Lake Tier of the Clouds, summoning gray and butt sliding halfway down, and even a trip through the frozen floating logs, my arch nemesis. An awesome and long day on the trail with good people. Thanks to Jonathan and Kira for hiking with me. No thanks to the nice Canadian couple who ruined my perfect zero at the Algonquin split. Just kidding. Kind of. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you have a second, give me a follow on social media, at 46 of 46 podcast. Leave a review and rating wherever you listen. New mountains, new stories, and new episodes coming soon. Remember to always leave no trace, do the rock walk, and if you carry it in, carry it out. Everything. Every time. Banana peels and all. See you on the trails. Hey guys, it's James from the 46 of 46 podcast letting you know the new Campfire Blend Steeped Packs from Recess Coffee are both a delicious and super convenient coffee option, whether you're out camping or just heading to the office. Campfire Blend is a medium roast with smoky notes of chocolate and walnut, and even comes in compostable packaging. But if you're in the backcountry and you carried it in, just carry it out. Plus, it's called Campfire Blend, and who doesn't like a campfire? Recess Coffee is offering all of you listeners 10% off your order of their new steeped packs or 12-ounce whole bean bags with the promo code RECESS46. That's R-E-C-E-S-S-4-6. Pick them up at recesscoffee.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC.